Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 254, and I had a conversation with Ramona Holloway. She, you may recognize that name. She is on the syndicated radio show, The Matt and Ramona Show, and she also has a very active Twitter and Facebook where she documents her life living with and caring for her mother uh, who has dementia. Uh, she's Ramona is an extraordinary woman. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. I think it's an important conversation to have because uh, there are a lot of people out there that are caregiving and uh, it's important to touch on all the sides of it. You know, the, the pain and the hopes and the joy and the fear and, and all of that. So Ramona was lovely and, and open and honest about everything that she goes through with her mom. And um, I love following the Twitter, honestly. She's got a great Twitter. And I'll post that on the links page for you to, to be able to check out. But she posts these great videos. And I've learned a lot by watching them. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for you to hear this episode. Ramona is not the first family member of her family to be on the show. In fact, we mentioned a couple people who have also been on the show. Pat Hodge, her aunt, who's fantastic. She was on episode uh, 108. And then Shay, her cousin, was on... Uh, Ramona's cousin, not Pat's cousin, uh, was on episode 117. And then Shay's brother, Eric, was on... Uh, episode 147 so it's becoming a family affair and i love it um so yeah if you're interested in going back and checking out those episodes please do i am on some podcasts coming up not, not my own obviously i'm on that all the time but i was a guest on the ethical seduction podcast episode 15 and you can find that on google play and spotify and this friday uh, we'll be dropping an episode of Feeding the Senses Uncensored with Trey Mitchell as the host. And I was on that. So if you are interested, I think that's on all the podcast places, iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. Okay, social media. Hey Human Podcast can be found on Facebook and Instagram. My personal social media, Susan Ruthism, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can email me, Susan, at heyhumanpodcast.com. I read all my emails, so definitely if you want to say hi or you have a cool story idea about, maybe it's about you or somebody you know, definitely send that to me. I would love to know about who you're thinking. Um, also on heyhumanpodcast.com, you'll find the links page. Every episode gets its own pile of links to make it easier for you so you're not scouring the internet for things that we've talked about in an episode. So you'll find how to get to my guests and their social media accounts and articles we talk about or books or whatnot. You can find that all in one place there on the links page. Also on Hey Human Podcast website, you can find the storefront and get merch, Hey Human merch and artwork and things. Uh, so if that is your jam, definitely check that out. It helps support Hey Human. Another way to support is to rate and review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. But most especially on iTunes, the way the algorithms are set up, it really pushes it up in the ranks. And, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there, so it would be huge mongus to get pushed up. Please do that if you get a moment. Um, I appreciate it, and it really helps the show. I got my vaccine yesterday, shot in the arm, one of two, 
and feeling good. My arm's a little sore, but I took some Tylenol and uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Not too bad at all. So I'm very excited about that and going back into the world. Cannot wait. So many plans. Anywho, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm excited for you to hear this episode and uh, take care of each other. Take care of yourself. Be kind. Be well. Stay safe. And uh, here we go. Hi. Hello. How are you? I can't complain. You look way too put together for early morning. (laughs) Well, I tell you, different time zones, first of all. I know. (laughs) Second of all, I know that once we leave our Zoom, I'm going to go straight into my work Zoom. Ah, yeah. And um, I am one of the few people in pandemic world whose like day-to-day grooming has had to change for more versus less because we started zooming our radio show so like radio like who who the hell cares if your hair is combed i wear a hat sometimes right now that we're zooming every day and we are doing the show for on the air and taking the zoom portions to put on facebook because we have less commuters so we have to reach people a different way so now i'm doing hair and makeup in a way that damn it radio people shouldn't have to do this I got into this business so I could be ugly whenever I felt like being ugly. Yeah, what is that old expression? You are gorgeous, but that expression of you have a face for radio, you know that? Yeah, yeah. I want a face for radio, Susan. (laughs) How are you doing? I'm doing well. I prepared by combing my hair and pinching my cheeks. So (laughs) So there you have it. (laughs) I want to be that secure so that one day I'm sitting up there doing the show with this guy's in a baseball cap. You know what I mean? That guy's wearing the same T-shirt he wore yesterday. And I want to be that girl who's like, yeah, I'm not wearing an eyeliner. Oh, you think I look tired? So what? So what? I'm I'm not that secure yet. I'm not either, but I know that this won't be on any video. Right. So, so, yeah. I have the face for radio today. Anyway, (laughs) Ramona Holloway, welcome to Hey Human. It's so good to have you. Okay. I've been trying to get on this podcast for two years. (laughs) <laughs> 2021 was my year <laughs> it's great to see you and to finally meet you in real life you know uh, same here uh, yeah and shout out to shay thank you who I adore. Shay little thank john you. who yes. is my cousin yes yeah so she she made it happen she planted the seed all those all those years ago it's, it's been two it's been two years yeah and two we years were, plus we, we were supposed to do it in person Shay and I were going to fly out there and and hang out and and now, well, we were going to be in the same room face to face, seeing expressions, not wearing masks or social distancing. It was going to be all those beautiful things that we used to do. There may have even been hugs. I mean, (laughs) I miss hugging so much. I was already a hugger in a handshake world. And now I am in a world where hugging is like it, hugging is like uh, it, it's it's become forbidden. I know it'll come back. I mean, you know what? I've never been much of a handshaker. It always sort of I don't know where your I don't know your bathroom habits. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, I, right. But I'm, but I'm fine with hugging. I would me too. Was like I would handshake. prefer 
to hug you than to shake your hand because you might be that stoplight nose picker. It's, you know what that's I mean? Right. We've seen, we've all seen the stoplight nose picker, yeah. and then that yeah. stoplight nose picker. Hi, I'm stoplight nose picker. I would like to shake your hand. No, thank you. But I'll nope. take a hug. Also, I'll take what is it hug. about people in cars that think that no one else can see them? It's, it's it's they think it's like some kind of invisible force field that keeps others from seeing them. It's like, dude, I, it's like the, the I Clark Kent glasses getting in a car is like putting on the glasses for a car. But you know, it, it, it's kind of like these the people who get in their cars and believe that other people don't see them are like the kids who like still get shocked by the game peekaboo you know how with a baby you're like you hide your eyes and you come back the baby's like oh my god you're still there you're still yeah. there like i feel like grown-ups who pick their nose in the car at stoplights like no one yeah. can see them are like the peekaboo kids it's like i can still see you i yeah. can still see you I still play peekaboo with guys I date. I'm always shocked when they come back. <laughs> like, oh, there you are. You came back. Unbelievable. Okay, dating has to be a completely different podcast, okay? Oh, it's man. tough being a single girl in these pandemic streets. I know. Like, do you want to meet in person? No. No, I don't. I'd like to get to know you on the phone and via virtual dates before I take my life into my own hands, meeting you face to face, sir. So far, you don't seem to be worth it. It's going to be old school letter writing. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> my dearest love, it's been years since we've seen each other. Well, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. I have Thank been, you. for the past uh, few years, been closely following your Twitter. And uh, so let's, before we get into all that stuff of, of one of a huge aspect of your life right now, let's go back to the beginning and talk about where you grew up and what your life was like growing up and what led you to the path of radio. Okay, I uh, was born in a small college town called Oberlin, Ohio. Uh, my mom was a teacher, uh, single when she got pregnant. And for those days, uh, grateful to have been a chubby teacher. So I don't think a lot of people knew she was pregnant at first and had the blessing of giving birth in the summertime so that she could go back and uh, rejoin the teaching staff. Uh, I was uh, left with my grandmother and my aunt Pat, who I believe you've also met Pat Hodge. Did you know that Pat was on my show? Was on Hey Human? Did yes. You know that? Yes. Oh, so yes. I yeah. I blubbered through that one. Boy, <laughs> she she's an amazing woman. She she is. You Talk about a storyteller. Talk about a keeper of the stories. Boy, she was my very first babysitter. Uh, I believe she's the one who set me on this path because she would encourage me to tell my own stories. We would read books together and then she would help me make my own books and write my own stories. And yeah. she was a member of the Audubon Society. So we studied birds and I studied fabrics with her and she's just a creative human being. And uh, she encouraged creativity in me. And so by the time I got to school, I could already read because of her. And uh, when it was time to go to school, my mom made a decision to move from that little town in Ohio to New Jersey. So I started kindergarten in New Jersey. And uh, one of the funny things is, you know, because my mom was a single mom and a teacher, my first day of school was her first day of school. So 
she used my godmother and babysitters and actually a good old fashioned cab driver to get me to school every day. So before there was Uber, there was <laughs> Ramona getting picked up at the babysitter's house because the babysitter couldn't take me to school. She had five other kids in her care, but she trusted this one particular cab driver who picked me up for kindergarten every single day, went to the YWCA after school. I was a latchkey kid and um, went to Penn State, started my career in radio in Ohio, a small country and pop combo what your uh podcast listeners don't know is that i am an african-american woman doing country <laughs> radio in the middle of ohio you gotta love that i am an african and, and when i went out for my very first radio appearance no one believed i was ramona holloway and they'd say well talk like you talk on the radio i am talking like i'm talking on the radio what you're having issue with is that i don't look like the person you imagined when you were listening to the radio not only so, that but but they have an idea of what somebody of color sounds like also right 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 i'm very well spoken so uh <laughs> so uh i left there and uh went to uh, Columbus, which was a nearby market. That was the big market in our area was the Columbus market. Worked at WNCI uh, as a news producer, then the news and community affairs director. Went to Indianapolis where I was news, public affairs and minority recruiting for an urban and gospel combo. And I did uh, minority recruiting for MS Communications. Left there to do pop radio. Wait, before it, urban and gospel, that seems like definitely two sides it, of it. It's so funny because, you know, I did uh, the morning show on the urban station. It was, you know, WTLC, you know, hip hop and R&B. And then I was the community affairs director for the gospel station. And I did the news for the gospel station so it's like thank you jesus and now let's get back to shaking rumps you know it was <laughs> it was so funny but um it was a wtlc am and fm uh there in indianapolis was they those stations were legendary in the african-american community and once again race playing a very weird role because i had left uh country and pop radio WNCI in Columbus was a what we call an adult contemporary station. We mm -hmm. played pop music. And then I go to this hip hop R&B gospel combo. And my name is Ramona Holloway. And WTLC FM, like I said, is legendary. And it was huge uh, during the civil rights movement and, and afterwards. And so um, the people who were involved with the station and the people who had been invested for many years remembered this guy who was on the radio named Roger Holloway. Roger Holloway was the only white guy working in urban radio and he had such cred in Indy. So I get there, Ramona Holloway, and everybody's like, that's Roger's daughter. I didn't even know who Roger was. And so then once again, I'm showing up at station appearances and people are going, well, this doesn't make sense. You don't even look like your dad. 
Ah, uh, because my dad isn't that white guy who was on the radio in the 70s. I am just so happens that we have the same last name. So it's it's been a wild ride. Uh, the last 20 years of the ride have been here in Charlotte as one half of the Matt Ramona show. And uh, since 2004, my home life has included my mom. My mom lives with me pray for me awesome. <laughs> yeah she and she has dementia now is that a is that from alzheimer's or is it its own thing <sighs> it's it's uh alzheimer's and dementia are in the same family my mom has uh kind of an unspecified dementia that really takes two different forms of dementia into play like she's got a very own very special mix um but it it's funny when my mom came to live with me in 2004 just think about the year it is right now y'all when my mom came to live with me in 2004 now did you I, get on with her well before that happened yeah well, like I, said, I was i was raised by a single mom we were always a dynamic duo yeah okay yeah. um that yeah, because I'm the corny person who's like, my mom's my best friend. She's my best friend. I, okay, now, granted, during those teen years, I did not think so. No. And and to, to any mom right now or dad who is struggling with a teen daughter, I tell you, the relationship can change. It will, yeah. The ones that were great friends, sometimes they don't do so well, but a lot of us who were at odds, when everybody's cycling at the same time at the house you know those of us who were at odds with our moms in our teens we can become best friends because that woman is super honest with me but she loves me some people love you and they can't be honest with you some people can be brutally honest with you but they don't love you so it hurts mm. and, and other people will lie mm. to you because they yeah. don't care but this woman is going to give me her honest opinion because she loves me. Yeah. Did she come to live with you because of the diagnosis or was that? She already came to live with me because of a different diagnosis. When um, my mom had uh, gone to the hospital thinking she'd had a stroke because she was had lost feeling in her fingers and she was walking weird and it was just, it was baffling. And it turns out that there was a, a problem with some discs in her neck on her spine so she had this this spine surgery and i was flying from charlotte to columbus ohio this was pre 9 11 so i would get off the air at seven and i had an 8 20 flight to columbus and i'd fly to columbus on friday night i'd spend the weekend there checking on mom grocery shopping laundry settling up with my home health aid and then monday morning i would take the 6 a.m flight back to charlotte this was every week from like september to february and uh it was grueling and i said mom going forward i'm an only child my mom was divorced going forward if you want me to be a part of your care i need you near me i can't move to columbus my job is here my livelihood is here so when she first moved it was because of her back this this spine thing and she's had yeah. two more spine surgeries since then um and i even you know 
built a home thinking that she would be living with me. And the home I live in now was built thinking she would live with me. We have a ramp built onto the home. Like I built this house with her back problems in mind. But now our biggest challenge is at our back. The woman, thank you, spine surgeons, her back is amazing. She can get around shockingly well. But her brain is leaving it left the station and it keeps getting off at weird stops and it's totally puzzling what's going on up in there because you know she remembers something one day something weird and then the next day she doesn't even know who i am and what our relationship is and the the changes right now are happening monthly yeah i've been so you've been documenting this on twitter and firstly she she strikes me as a lovely woman she's got a she's got an angelic presence to her she's just very angelic is that what you get from it okay that's from the videos i'm sure for you it's different because you're dealing with the day-to-day but the when you're talking to her she seems very thoughtful i know for a person that's having issues with the brain that's a weird word to use but yeah she Um, does seem to think about what you say and process it and try and figure it out but she doesn't her social graces are intact and you find this a lot with people with dementia because especially those the early parts of a conversation are very uh very planned hi how are you sarah i'm fine how are you i'm fine thank you i mean those pleasantries stay there and my mom Mm -hmm. knows how to be polite that's the vibe Um, and and the the beautiful thing is her dementia remembers those prayers that she said all of her life and those hymns that she has sung all of her life and the meaning how she's supposed to feel when that happens and same with her motown music she knows what she's supposed to do when little richard is playing in our house she knows what she's supposed to do when she hears herself some aretha but beyond that the brain is just going rogue and what i try to do on social media is i try to put 90 percent of our videos into uplift and education i want someone else to see that there are good moments because there are way too many tough moments Mm -hmm. to not celebrate those good moments so what i try to do at least 70 to 90 percent of the time i want you to see laughter i want you to see hope i want you to be inspired and then every once in a while i feel it is only it's the only responsible thing to do to show those moments when she has forgotten me to show those moments where she is confused and angry because that you know she has moods too she has moods too and those moods are incredibly unpredictable because of the dementia because of uh what is happening in her brain but i try not to put too many of those out there and the number one reason why is because i watch those videos more than anybody else And people, I don't know if they get that, like I can pick up my phone and go to Instagram and I can go to 2018 
and see a much different woman, one who remembers me. But then when I go to that 2020 video where she is just like, you know, you're a nice lady, but calling me mom, really? Mm -hmm. That video, I also see. And that one is still really, really, really <sighs> breathtaking. Because my ego says she should never have forgotten me. Right, right. When the diagnosis first came in, then she she was already living with you. Girl, we kn I knew the diagnosis before the doctor did. I knew yeah. it. I'd yeah. seen it with my grandfather. I was in denial. I was so angry and I was disappointed because I'm sitting at the table with this woman who's a retired. She taught French, Spanish, and English as a second language. And then she even taught a class called Language Survey, which allowed kids to look at everything from sign language to Russian and every and all the languages in between. And she taught herself some other languages so that she could just do these beautiful introductions with these kids. So now I'm sitting across from this woman who can't throw a brochure away because she loves words that much. She loves words. And I'm sitting at the kitchen table with her over dinner and words for things that are so elementary, like refrigerator, computer, they're gone. She can't remember like that thing. Uh, that's got to be maddening from her it's, perspective. It's it got to be maddening for her. And it was heartbreaking for me, too, because that's the, you know, early on, I could see the frustration. And my big concerns were, oh, God, I'm going to have to take this woman's keys away. I'm, this is this woman. She was an inner city school teacher who had children who feared her. Like one of her TikTok videos that I put up, you know, was one of her students like, is that? Is that Miss Glover from Buckeye Middle School? I remember her yelling at us in Spanish. You know, she commanded a classroom. She put her yeah. the first thing, first day of school was like, these are my rules. And we're going to stay on a positive agenda that is written by me. So I'm going to start telling this woman what to do. And she going to start listening to me. So there was a lot going on before it even got to the point of telling the doctor, we need help. I see this train coming. I saw it with my grandfather. <sighs> help. How, please. Does that, knowing that there's a genetic component to it, how does that, does that freak you the F out? I mean, are you like. Can we say the whole word? Yeah, it freaks me the fuck out. Yeah. All the time, like every time I walk upstairs and I'm like, why the heck did I come upstairs? I'm like, oh God. Oh, I got, I got the dementia. I got the dementia, you know, and but the truth of the matter is I have literally 20 balls in the air at any given time between yeah. working full time and caregiving full time. I do a, a radio show that has to have I have to bring at least, you know, six topics to the table every day. I'm, you know, trying to keep up what's going on with Megan and Harry. What's going on with the vaccine? How can you know? And, and how do I get the vaccine for myself? Uh, did I write the menu for the aide who's coming today? Oh, my God, that's yesterday's menu. Oh, Lord, I think we're low on depends. You know, I, so, yeah. So I'm giving my brain a break. Like, OK, girl. OK, maybe we have dementia, but, you know, just for today, we, we made it. Didn't get everything done on the to do list, but 
We yeah, made it. You're like the uh, outlet that's got 40 plugs plugged into it. That's, right, <laughs> right, sizzling. It, right, and when we didn't, we didn't blow up today. So okay, go yeah. us. We didn't start yeah. a fire. Exactly, exactly. Uh, what? Well, how do you practice self care in all of that? Because that's got to be a big one. Sometimes when people and and I love I love the good people. The people who comment on the video and say, I see you. Oh, my God. I wish I could hug you. And please take care of yourself. Practice self-care. And depending upon how much care I need is how I take those comments. Because I know that those comments are coming from an amazingly good place. But on some days, I'm like, can you, can you come care me? Yeah. Can, you, can you come care for me so I can get some self-care because when you are doing so much caregiving, it's hard to carve out that time. Like every, every time I leave my mom downstairs alone, if she's not asleep, then it costs me about $20 an hour to practice some, that bubble bath is expensive. Can I even afford a bubble bath? Sure. You know, I um, go to the grocery store. Sometimes, you know, I, I'm afraid that somebody's going to call the cops on me because sometimes I have to stop at the store. I load mom in the car. I, I bring her. We have a little old poodle, this 15 year old poodle. I put him on her lap. I tell her to watch the dog while I run into the store. I park in the handicap spot and I'm afraid someone's going to be like, yeah, um, it's been 20 minutes and there's a little old lady and a dog in a car. That someone left out there and I'm like, I left the car running. They're okay. She won't get out of the car with the dog. You know, but it's those kinds of things that I'm that I'm doing. So when people say practice self-care, sometimes I'm like, when? Mm. When? Yeah. And and for most caregivers, and I'm in a couple of caregiver groups on Facebook and I talk to other caregivers, for most of us, the care we need goes so much deeper than, you know, a bubble bath or uh, a massage or a spa day. It's hard to, when you are fatigued, not just tired, when you got fatigue, when you are jaded, um, what you need is a lot deeper. It's a lot deeper. It's, you know, you have people who are, you know, th these changing roles are, are not easy to navigate. But before the dementia became a problem, um, there was still the problem of me trying to manage care for a woman who had her own opinion about what care for diabetes and, and, and back and spine issues looks like. And I remember I was, Susan, I was, I was having a grown up moment. And so I, I had worked on this speech and I decided I would present it to my mom because we were bumping heads over her, uh, her need for a second back surgery. And she wanted to pursue some ridiculous uh, remedy. I'll just call it a remedy with uh, a doctor who I questioned whether or not he should have doctor next to his name. I'll just say that. So she's, she saw, you know, something he did and something she read and we went and I was like, this is, this is a crock. It's not going to help. But she was like, well, you just don't want to pay for it. No, I, yeah, it's out of pocket, but we're talking like 
$5,000 and after your treatment, you come and you sit for like two days and your back feels better. Well, the reason why your back feels better is because you've sat for two days. You haven't stood up. When you go back to stand up, it's time to go back to the doctor. Like this is it. So I had this big speech like, mom, I, I'm taking a look at all of the options here. And I need you to know I'm going to do the absolute best I can for you. It doesn't matter what I have to do. I am. I have your best interest at heart. Not everybody does, but I do. I will always be on your team. And I'm going to make some decisions for you That's that might not make sense for you, but I'm doing them <sighs> because i love you that much it's just like when i was a kid and second grade you had me in braces and i took those braces off with a butter knife because i thought that having braces in the second grade the old ugly braces not the cool oh i can have different colored braces up to date no the old school hideous braces with the neck gear Gear, the head maybe. and neck gear yeah that was really special looking but and, and and did i want that no but you knew that getting the buck teeth back into place was was gonna be better for me long term and you i didn't like it you did it and i'm thankful that you did it and now i understand so it's, it's it'll be just like that just like that and she said so you're not gonna pay for it huh <laughs> ah. oh yeah well yeah so uh, it, somebody can write a manual about parenting your parents and your parents will say oh you go on by that manual ha guess what yeah. i installed your buttons i will push them all yeah i knew so you true. when you didn't know nothing i knew you when you didn't know how to poop in the potty by yourself and now you're gonna tell me what to do okay all right yeah do you get mad at her is that hard to because i don't get mad at her anymore okay i don't get because you know i i like i said i was angry at first i was angry at her for not taking better care of herself you know the diabetes that she ignored for so long diabetes and dementia are very good friends uh getting out and walking the only reason why my mom walked was because the dog needed to walk she would never walk for herself you know you know turn off the turn off msnbc and listen to some music or or call someone or go to the y i, I bought her a y membership like oh i was so angry and then one day, you know, we were arguing about something that made absolutely no sense. No sense. I, I wasn't, she was trying to tell me how the, she felt that the, the trash guys had it out for us. Because when they put our trash cans back, they always seem to tip over into the street. Why is that? And I'm like, these guys don't care. They're not like, mm, I see we're at Ramon and Wheezy's house. You know what we got to do. Like, they don't care. You know, so um, she was so upset. And she was like, well, you know, if, if you can't see it, I feel sorry for you. And so I'm like, can't see that. What? Like, wh what are we doing here? What? We're, we're paranoid because of trash. Like, do I need to, to, to hire someone to come in and watch you all day? And when I said it, I was like, I know the answer to that question. And I am standing here arguing with a grown woman who is wearing a diaper. What are you doing? Yeah.
would I if if this was a two year old, would I be like, listen, little Madison, (laughs) do I need to hire a babysitter to come in and watch you because all you're going to crawl up the steps and eat things you're not supposed to eat? Oh, well, well, yeah, yeah, there are some similarities there. Mm -hmm. I do need to hire someone because I don't need mom coming up the steps or eating things that she shouldn't be eating during the day or drinking things she shouldn't be drinking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does she, you said that she doesn't know who you are anymore. Does that come and go? Or is that now a constant for you? Ooh, every once in a while, like, uh, and you remember it like a month ago, um, there was a, a therapist here uh, working with her and the therapist said, will there be someone here to help you with these exercises who, and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ramona. And I was like, me? Oh, you want me? You want, did you, did you just call me? What did you call me? And it was gone. Mm. It was gone in that moment. It was gone, but it was like, Oh, she said my name. This is better than, you know, watching TV and watching the old romper room show and waiting for the lady to see me in the magic mirror. She always saw Lisa and Amy. She never saw Ramona. It was, I was seen in such an amazing way by this woman. It was like, and seconds later, it was gone. So snatched away. Yeah. Does she feel scared now does yeah, she, I she mean, does yeah because um, i mean i gotta imagine it's like who are these people what am i right, doing what what's right, happening right yesterday uh i am doing my show my radio show from home so i'm upstairs in my home office and she's downstairs with the aide, and i'm in the middle of the show and all of a sudden the door opens it's her and what happened was um the pest control people came to the door and it scared her. She didn't know who they were, why they were there. And um, the aide, you know, he's asking for Ramona. She's like, Ramona's upstairs. And mom is like, we, we, oh, you know, mom panicked. And so the minute the, the pest control guy left, mom was determined to come upstairs. And the aide is like, I, like I'm, I'm trying to, like, I didn't, I don't want to physically restrain her. And she, I was behind her the whole time coming up the stairs. And uh, she was, she was so afraid. And when she got to the door and I, I said, you know, I'm you know, ripping my earbuds out. I'm like, are you okay? Like, what's like, how is she upstairs? Like, what's going on here? And um, the aide is like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I, okay. Okay. And so I hugged mom and I was like, it's okay. You're okay. It's okay. It's okay. Are you okay? Yeah. I'll be right downstairs and I, it's going to be so okay. How about we, you know, you guys go downstairs and can you fold some laundry for me? And then I'll be, you know, she is some days she wakes up and she's got this big smile on her face. And then other days she wakes up and she's like, I I don't know where I'm supposed to be. It's got to be so Where am I supposed to be? And she's got this look of just fear, like, and I, and that it's that same fear. Like when you like, it's like you've had the time change and you took a nap at five o'clock and you wake up and it's dark outside and you're like, is it 5am or 5pm? And you're like, I don't know. You know, or that Saturday feeling where you're like, Oh my God, did I oversleep? And you realize, Oh, it's Sunday. I'm good. You know, it, 
it's that feeling like, oh my God, I'm, I'm confused. What time? Where? Who? It's weird. Yeah. It's that weird because her being afraid is awful and I can't even imagine what that's like. But at the same time, there's almost there's weird blessings in that she doesn't know where it's heading. Can I tell you? Can I tell you about the weird blessing? Because some of the videos I put out um, show this incredibly sassy, confident senior. And she is disturbingly sexy in her own mind. Like this is a woman who has, (laughs) you know, who's asked me not to try so hard to make her look beautiful because she's out in the neighborhood and the men are looking at her and they have wives and she's just, she's concerned. She's, she doesn't want to cause trouble for anybody. And, uh, I think one of the reasons why she rejects the thought of me as her daughter is because she thinks I'm old. And most days she's anywhere between like 22 and 35. So Uh, what is my old ass going to do for her? Trying to call her mom. Yeah. So um, this was a defining moment for us. And, and, and how she sees herself because when she was going to um, this one memory wellness center every day, well, she was going three days a week, you know, she would come home and humble brag. Oh, she's the best artist. She's the best dancer. She's the best singer. You know, whatever she could remember that she did there that day, she was the best at it. So one particular day I had taken a mental health day from work so I could get some things done and they called me and, um, and we said, oh, you know, please get back to us. You know, there's been an issue with your mom. I'm like, oh, so I, I was like, okay, you know, what's going on? And I couldn't reach them on the phone, but they texted me. It's okay. Your mom had an accident today, a toileting accident. Um, you are going to have to start monitoring and probably need to give all of your other helpers heads up that she needs help with toileting now. But she was okay with us helping her. She accepted help and it was fine, but she's going to come home in some different clothes. I I had already sent a change of clothes with her Um, and and she's okay. But just to give you a heads up. So I'm like, here we are in this phase. Literally. Oh, crap. Literally. Crap. (laughs) And she comes home that day and I said, well, you know, how was your day today? Oh, it was good. We, they were singing and nobody would get up and dance. And they said, wheezy, wheezy. So I got up and oh, I had to get them dancing and some of them just sit there. They don't know what to do, but I, I danced. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, was, was that all that happened today? And she said, well, they're very interested in me there. And she points at her private parts. They're very interested. And I was like, oh, I think to myself, oh, girl, you wet your pants. But she's like, honey, I go up in there, I do my dancing thing, and then they want to get all in these here disposable panties. And I said, okay. I said, well, you, they can stay interested, but you tell them I'm not interested in a new daddy or a new mommy. So they can be interested all they want, 
but you are not available. And she just laughed, just sashayed out the kitchen like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, they can't have none of this. And so the blessing in it is that this woman is super proud of who she is right now. You don't think she's young. She does. You think she needs a bra. She don't. You know, you think that she's losing her mind. And because you're out here in a tank top in 90 degree weather and she is freezing because her brain is giving her weird signals about the temperature. She thinks you're nuts. Look at these people out here in short. Stupid. Stupid. Uh, what is your so brain? <laughs> that is that's the beauty of it. She is delightfully losing her mind most of the time. And I am not delightfully losing mine most of the time. Oh, my God. It's so much. It's so much. It's so much for a person to, to take on. And it's, you know, it's your parents and you love them. But the, but at the same time, it's, it's just you, you, it must there must be guilt in there, too, of like, can it just be done can we just not that you would ever wish that <laughs> no, on a parent girl, but girl you know it's it, judge me judge me i don't care you can judge me i don't care um there are days when i look at her and i think wow i am doing everything i can to keep this woman's body healthy i'm doing everything i can meanwhile her brain is deteriorating at 10 times the rate of her body so i am giving her these diabetes meds and i'm doing all this stuff to keep her here longer physically and her brain is going bye-bye very quickly no matter what i do and I've, I've asked the doctor well you know she takes these memory meds are they helping because she's still but there's no med that stops it mm -hmm. the only meds that are available slow the progression of the disease they don't stop it so you know the doctor says well she'd be worse if you didn't do it okay and then i'm in these caregiver groups like i say with people who are at their wits end they can't sleep because these you know the mom is up at 6 a.m or she's up at three and you know our, our sleep as caregivers especially for for people who have loved ones who are not on your i am sleeping from eight to eight schedule um our sleep is broken we are tired and we're like, oh, how much, how much more can I do? How much longer can I do this? And then the job ends. And it's even worse than when you had the job. You're like, man. But yet, it's very early before I had really come to a place of true acceptance of mom's dementia. I had put some type of frustration I was having uh, on Facebook. And there were a couple people who said, appreciate her now because you'll be sad when she's gone. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm tired. I'm hurting. And you're telling me, well, it's going to be worse. So you better appreciate your fatigue and your fear and your guilt and your shame. Appreciate it because it's going to get worse. Ah, uh, thank you. Like, ah, uh, can we? Uh, it's true, though. It's true. This is the hardest job we ever had. And then once we get fired, 
<laughs> we're like, oh, man, I loved that job because I loved that person. Yeah, that's hard. That's uh, growing old is not for the faint of heart. For Honey, sure. it is not for there are no punks in this caregiver process. And I say that from the perspective of someone with a loved one in her home. And I also say it too. important to say it to the people who would love to have their mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or sister or brother or, or their own child. They would love to have them in their home, but they can't. They are not physically and or financially and or emotionally equipped to do this job. So they have to seek out the help of professionals. I mean, a two-person assist is a two-person assist for a bath or to get in and out of bed. Mm-hmm. You know, these, a 24-hour-a-day job, who, yeah. can, who, can, who can do that alone? So I also say that to the people who have loved ones in facilities who have been struggling with the decision, especially since they've been denied the face-to-face opportunity to spend time with those loved ones due to the pandemic. They have the the guilt and the hurt. Like they've lost their loved ones before they lost them. And for the, the final precious years of their loved one's life, they haven't been able to touch them. It's been, it's hard for everybody, mm-hmm. but I just hope it's not lost and I'm going to get emotional because caregivers, I can't imagine the people who don't have any help. Yeah. It's been so rough. And until you've done it, you don't know what goes into it. And it's been hard for so many people but for the people who have had to stay isolated because there is a vulnerable loved one in their home for the people who've had to let go of their loved ones so that they could get the care that they needed during the pandemic so that they could stay alive and hopefully hug again one day good golly how horrible it's been hard on everyone but not just those with loved ones in their home it's those with loved ones in facilities it's those who've lost the people who they've loved and cared for who've dedicated their life to caring for another human being and then that human being is gone it's a tough job that sets you up for another tough job and that is healing how are you preparing for that? I mean, that's a twofold question. So preparing for your own healing, which is going to be ongoing for the rest of your life. And well, also- thank you. Thank you for asking. And that is the most incredible, wonderful question I have ever been asked. Thank you. Uh, there are actually two ways that I'm preparing. Number one, I am already working on the hurt to the past because for sensitive people like me, we kind of collect hurt. We have our own and then we take yours and yours and yours. And we just, we try to, Oh, I don't, I don't have room for, for, for new hurt. 
if I haven't cleared out the old hurt. So the real self-care comes into healing those wounds from our childhood, healing that divorce, healing the isolation, healing the, the hurts of yesterday so that we have enough love in us to love our ourselves through this because the the people who we thought loved us most who gave life to us those people are going away and they're and the love for them and from them becomes different so i've had to get with a new love for me it's a spiritual thing it's a god love thing and it's a ramona love thing i've had to 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 do some self-care around my emotions and my feelings and then for me the second part is putting putting that love into action in the world i do that via social media right now where i share my healing uh with my talks every monday night eight o'clock on facebook live i call it ramona's recovery room where i talk about caregiving and healing i put it back out in the world in that way i put out the the uh, education about dementia awareness and alzheimer's awareness um and also one of the things that i'm trying to do is i am trying right now um to put together a care home where it would be a new model their care homes have already existed but the model that i hope to create that i'm working on right now with friends and family is a six-person home where the families of those six people who live there contribute to the around the clock care of those people and can have as much contact as they want and as little as they need and can also help around that house with taking care of the yard and um you know maybe helping fix meals and and do those things but you make the cost of care lower and if you make a profit you donate that profit so that there is respite care for the people who would love to have their loved ones there or who still have loved ones in their house but they just need a break you, there's no vacation from caregiving unless someone steps up to help you you can't do this alone you simply can't so the care home is um is a dream it's been purchased it now needs to uh, there's licensing and um some construction that has to take place but it would be for my mom and six of her friends and if it's not completed by the time my mom might need it or if something happens and she never walks through that door to that 24-hour care it's there for six families and that will be her legacy and i can pour myself into it because some of the healthiest people i've seen have lost and turned that grief into a gratitude for having had that person and because of that person they are inspired to change the world in a positive way it's a tiny way but damn it's good mm -hmm. and it she lives on in that way she's immortal and right. immortality in an immortality in a loving space how has your faith changed throughout all of this 
it's been completely transformed. And that's the only way I could do it because there was, I threw a lot of money at dementia. I threw a lot of money at it. And it didn't stop it. Didn't nothing. So it's like, I might or might not be one of those boss bitches who likes to control a lot of things. And this one was like, <laughs> you're not going to fix me. This is, wow, a lot bigger than me. And because it's so much bigger than me, it's affecting everything I do. I, I can't work radio. I, I, my radio job, people think it's three to seven in the afternoons. Actually, what I do on the air is really one fifth of what I do. There's prepping for that. There's social media. There are meetings with sales and management and community leaders. There are community appearances and commercials to tape and videos to do. And there's a lot more. And I used to spend probably 12, 13 hours a day doing that. All the stuff that went into that. Caregiving doesn't allow for that. So now my career is going crazy. Because there these demands that I put on myself mostly, but that also that management has, well, they're not going anywhere. In fact, now they want me to do more for less money. And I'm paying more for care over here. And it's all out of control. And Ramona can't do anything about it. But I need somebody else to lean on. God. I had to get real tight and say, okay, we've been through a lot here, big guy. There there, there've been a lot of losses, but every single time you brought me back stronger. Why would you wait until this point to be like, eh, forget about it. We've had some good years, Mo. You're on your own. No. Now I'm looking back at the evidence of that other stuff that I thought was going to kill me, but didn't and say, okay, God, I'm going to put you in control of this one. Because if I thank you for that other stuff, I know there's something in the future to thank you for. So little by little, day by day, when dementia is at its worst, moment by moment, I have a God who says, it's all right. It's okay. You're all right. She's okay. I got you. Sorry, that makes me. <laughs> Man, that's it's so much. It's so much. Can I? Can I? I and I know I've, I'm. I'm probably like way over. This is what You're you not. get. This is You're what you over. get for putting I, a radio girl who talks all the damn time on your damn podcast, Susan. You did it no, to this yourself. Is great. This is great. So, this uh, is great. I, I oh, am I got, honored that you're being I got a so honest here. and open because, you know, we many of us, not all of us, many of us move through our lives in such a numb place, going through motions, and that sometimes it takes these huge freight trains to wake us up out of that slumber for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah. But it's a, it's a hell of a lot. It's a hell of a lot for any human being. It's a hell of a lot for your mom. 
to do to deal with. It's unfair. It's beyond unfair, especially that's the way I used to feel. Like this is so oh. But the other thing, without dementia, my mom wouldn't do half the things that I get her to do now. She wouldn't listen to me. <laughs> I I took her keys away. I thought that that was going to be the worst thing ever. Uh, I just convinced the diva that she needed a driver. Like it's too dangerous out on he, out on these streets for someone like you. Like why would someone like you like drive yourself? And she's like, brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> like, like why? You're right. Why would I drive myself when, when I when I can have a driver? Like you're right. But there's no brilliant. way that that sane wheezy. She would be like. Pay for pay somebody to take me places. Are you kidding me? No, I got my own car. You know, dementia allowed that to happen. Mm. So um, just uh, this story. So uh, here in Charlotte, Dress for Success uh, is doing a Women's History Month campaign. It's called Your Hour, Her Power. And they told me that they wanted to recognize me as one of their women of power during the month. And as a woman of power, what they wanted me to do was donate one hour of my pay to the organization, ask 10 other women I know to do the same, make a video about it, and then post about it. Because women have been really carrying this nation through the pandemic. Our retail jobs, our teaching jobs, our nursing jobs, our jobs as moms, our jobs as caregivers, and the jobs that many of us also do outside of the home. And, you know, we have 800,000 women dropped out of the workforce last September yes. in the United States. You, yeah, it's a huge why? amount. It would have been me. So... At first, I was like, I don't need another thing to do dress for success. But then I'm talking to these women who are coming to my house to help me. Hey, you're here on a Saturday. Wow, that's awesome. Well, not so awesome because I have two young children at home who I have to educate. And so working weekends is the only way I can make money for my family. And then another caregiver who works her hours here in my home around the hours that she spends taking care of her 92-year-old sister. So... I agreed to this campaign and they said, we're going to put you on these billboards as part of the campaign. And the day is going to be March 4th. So on March 4th, um, my billboard goes up. They send me a message from Dress for Success. Please, this is your day to please go out and promote what's going on with women during the pandemic and how we need to uplift women and these programs to help. Two hours after I got that message, I got a message that my afternoon show was being canceled. But I had agreed to do this for Dress for Success, and I believed in the campaign because of what I have experienced and what I've seen in the people in my world, the women in my world. So... I drive mom out so that she can see the billboard. And one of the things that we were supposed to do was take a picture of ourselves with the billboard. And they told us the 16 places around town where we could see these, these, your hour, her power billboards. And we drive out to this billboard with one of our caregivers and we drive up and my mom says, oh, that's you. Like she recognized me on the billboard. So we took a picture in front of the billboard and we got in the car and we come back home 
and um, she's she does a lot of shadowing, which means she's right over my shoulder. If I'm downstairs, she is glued to me. So I'm I'm on my phone and I'm going through uh, messages about the billboard. People saying, "Wow, I saw your billboard," and and she's looking over my shoulder and she goes, "That's you." And I said, "Yeah, that's me. That's a picture of the billboard we saw yesterday. That's us in front of the billboard." And she goes, "Wow." I said, and I'm your daughter. And she goes, I said, yeah, did you know you had a daughter? And she goes, no. I said, and it's me, the lady on the billboard. And she's like, oh, my God. I said, you did that. That's your work. You made me. Thank you for all the work you put into me. Thank you. And she's like, Man, I said, you did a good job. And she said, I did. True. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> that happened on the day that I was told my 20-year radio show would be canceled. There's a billboard that says Ramona Holloway is using her power to help women during the pandemic. The power that was in that day did not come from Dress for Success or me. And that day will always be defined for me by the moment my mom with dementia had a feeling of pride for finding out that she made me. You want to talk like about a, you want to talk about a blessing? <laughs> you a Woo. blessing in this storm? A blessing in this storm? Yeah. And I don't know when this podcast uh, airs, but I just got finished negotiating a new contract today. Well, well, not negotiating it. Uh, they put out an offer today. Uh, Congrats! It, it, no, don't congratulate me. Nothing is it. Nothing is inked. This, okay. this, I, I just got numbers uh, a couple of minutes ago. It would be mornings versus afternoons. And once again, that's a big change. Like, so I would need you at my house at approximately uh, 4.30 a.m. You know? Oh, man. Yeah. Right. Morning show. Woof, woof. Mornings. So, uh, and, you know. Because morning, morning radio and morning television, you're up at 3. Right. Or two, right. Three. And the old lady lives downstairs so when i'm up walking around and showering you know who else is up yeah the dementia diva so uh yeah so i don't know what's gonna happen i uh and in all of this how do you get to feel loved besides the i mean we, we joked about dating at the very start of this conversation but dating you means also dating your mom in, yeah. in a way. And, and I did have a guy who I met during this pandemic really seemed like a really nice guy. We had a great conversation. And uh, I remember I called him kind of late because he wanted to talk. And uh, I was like, oh, you know, I'll call you after I get my mom settled in, which is she's not going to bed before 10. So I think I called him somewhere around 11. And uh, he said, it's funny, these caregivers out here who want to date, like they have time to, to date. And I thought, I know what this means. Well, it was nice talking to you, Harry. You know, it's 
you know, it's, uh, I know that the person who signs up for this has to be super special. And if no one signs up for it, that's okay. Because I still, while it would be great to have a, a partner to go through life with, Mm-hmm. caregiving and beyond and and i look forward to like you know on, on one hand my mom will be gone but then uh, there's gonna be a, a huge hole in my schedule yeah. that used to be really really full like i want to do all the things and i would like to have someone to do it with uh you know wouldn't it be okay to kind of pursue that like get to know somebody now but um i also have learned that there are so many care mongers out there. They, I have friends who, oh my gosh, uh, one of my friends who's a former coworker, her grandmother had dementia. She says, I get this girl, just go on out. You know, she came over with a craft to do with mom and they sang and, and worked on crafts together. And I had an afternoon of, of hitting thrift Ooh. stores. Yeah. You know, I, there are people, you know, the biggest thing is connection. Like people who are like, you know, I, you, I'm not usually up at 11, but Hey girl, how you doing? You know, um, I have had, uh, neighbors bake bread who breaks bread, you know, everyone during the pandemic, <laughs> yeah, during, I found out everybody, but me, but you know, I have found that in in being vulnerable about the fact that we are a very needy household has meant that there are so many people showing up offering to help with those needs and the more i say okay god help me the more open i am to the help that shows up one of the the physical therapists who was here this morning rec- recommended a new day program for mom this day program is half of what i used to pay and the hours are 5.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Wow, full day. Not only a full day, but who starts at 5.30? Wow, someone could come to the house and get mom ready. And then she could, she could be out. If I'm still doing the show from home, I wouldn't have to worry about her busting through the door because, wow, okay. But I was very, when the, you know, when the physical therapist showed up, I'm like, well, let me tell you what's going on. Do you have any information? Like I pump everybody for, who has any experience with this. I pump them for information. How do I get this? How do we do this? What are the resources? How do I get those resources? Who do I go to? I need names. I need numbers. And, and, I'm, and, and, I, and, they, and people are so willing to get like, hey, one of my friends, you know, I, I want to hear from people who've been through it, who, who, yeah. because the only reason why I can do this podcast, the only reason why I can get on Facebook and Twitter and, and, and give somebody a little bit of hope is because somebody shared it with me. Mm-hmm. So being vulnerable and saying, I need help means that there are a lot of people, even though we do a, we're way too good at giving the most attention to the people who are doing the most horrible things. Like you turn on the news, like, okay, uh, there were murders, accidents, fires, scandals, and there's a storm coming your way. Enjoy your day. You know, we, we, (laughs) but there are so many people out here doing good things. There are so many good humans out here. 
and Absolutely. we really we really are in the majority because we wouldn't still be a world if we were still right. just letting the the bad people do all the bad things we would have blown yeah. ourselves up a long time ago so there are still some good people and yeah. I, i'm here for them look for the good always look, look for the yeah. good yeah yeah, it's also, there. Turn, turn off your TV. <laughs> girl, girl. There's a lot of bad news on the TV. Back away from yeah. the TV. What are you doing for your brain to protect your brain from a future that has genetic components? Uh, of I have, you know, for years, I have been that person who's like, uh, I'm an indoor human. Okay. <laughs> I'm an indoor human. I'm more of a, a poodle slash great day. I'm not meant to be outdoor dog. Okay. I'm prissy indoor dog. Um, but I've started getting outside and walking every day. Um, every day I start my day with 20 minutes of prayer and meditation. And when a friend of mine recommended that to me years ago, it was like, so you mean I'm going to take an already horrendously long day and extend it by waking up earlier than I actually need to. Really? She was like, oh, I get up at 6 a.m. and I get in my prayer chair and I pray and meditate. What? Are you? Well, I found out that it's not about getting up earlier than I need to. When it comes to preserving my mental health, that means I do need to get up earlier. I set my alarm for 7.30. I know mom is not getting up. She usually doesn't get up until like 8.30, close to nine o'clock. If I set my alarm for 7.30, I know I have about a half an hour to pray and meditate and get in a good space because I don't know what's waiting for me downstairs. Some days there's a lot of poop, a lot of poop. Some days it's confusion and fear. And some days she's like, hey, good morning. What are we doing today? We're staying in the house. Okay. You know, she's like, woo. I said, not only are we staying in the house, but we're having honey nut Cheerios with a banana on top. And she's like, yeah. Yeah. Honey nut with a banana. You know, I don't know what's coming. But appreciating the honey nut turn up means that those days when there's confusion and or what I call a situation are easier, mm. are easier when I'm when I'm in a good place. It's like it's it's only poop. It's only poop. This is why they made bleach and Lysol. Yeah. Is that, Somebody's got to keep them in good? business. Is meditation. Yes. Breathing for, and meditation is, yeah. you know, we work our brains over time. We're on the, on these screens. Like there used to be a time when you, it, even if you did go to work, that commute was silent back, back in the old days. It didn't even have cell phones. You couldn't talk to people in the car until like the nineties. So, there were there was downtime people couldn't reach you at every given moment when you you know my mom talked on the phone every night to my godmother her best friend and that was it 
then she didn't get on get on facebook and get on twitter and then make a tiktok video and then respond to 50 text messages and then check in on this group and that group and and in this school group and oh what what is the uniform for today they've just sent it out you know our brains are going 100 miles an hour we're gonna use them up before we're we're done with them so yeah taking care of the brain feeding it better i had to cut out the sugar you know, I, I, I really try hard not to eat anything with a lot of processed sugar in it. I definitely don't eat anything with more than eight grams of sugar per serving. I know that that sugar will lead me back to diabetes. I was delivered from diabetes. Um, thanks to gastric bypass surgery, I think I, I need to, to say that. I didn't just all of a sudden become not pre-diabetic. Um, so watching that sugar... Um, Praying, meditating, walking, getting that sunshine. Vitamin D, I believe, makes a big difference. Um, and, and one of the biggest things, people think, oh, I'm, I'm going to do these puzzles. Sudoku will keep me from getting dementia. I've been told and I've read that the number one thing we can do is have conversations with people. Because oh. you can't completely script a conversation it makes your brain do things you have to think about what that person said and you have to process it and it's different than a puzzle because if i'm doing a puzzle i know that the puzzles have patterns and if i, I can get into a pattern words have patterns but i don't know what you're going to ask me i don't know what you're going to say I, I need to figure out how do i respond to that appropriately how do i make sense what do i need to recall from my past to make this relevant or do i have to think through a problem in the future or talk about what I'm doing or what I need to do. I mean, conversation, not commenting, <laughs> not liking, not trolling, <laughs> yeah, not trolling. Conversation, voice to voice, is what makes the brain do what the brain really needs to do. Connection. Connection. Yeah. Ramona, thank you for all of this. Tell people how they can find you. And, and see, I am and so creative that I'm Ramona Holloway everywhere. Like, what's your yeah. Twitter handle? Ramona Holloway. What do you want TikTok? Ramona Holloway 5. What do you want Instagram? Ramona Holloway. How do I find you on Facebook? Well, it turns out that I got creative. And on Facebook, I call myself Ramona Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good so everyone can go and look and i do encourage uh, everyone listening to check out the videos they it's really something watching the journey of it and uh you you're a hell of a woman so are you <laughs> it's a mutual admiration society uh i believe there is beautiful transformative power in storytelling that's what my videos do. That's what your podcast does. It, it's history. The Bible ain't nothing but a collection of stories that we're supposed to learn from. Stories transform lives. And this podcast, because you are using your reach to allow people to tell their stories, you're changing lives. And I think you know, but just in case you don't know, you need to hear it. So thank, thank you. you for letting me be a part of it.
Thank you. It's been my honor, honestly. Please give your mom a big hug from another person. She doesn't know, but I know <laughs> I'll tell her. I'll tell her it came her. from her favorite person, and that's the dog. She will accept anything from him. So she, so she remembers the dog. <laughs> yeah, she does. She remembers him. She remembers Henri Louis, the poodle. But yeah, Louis is your dog too. That's amazing. She was a French teacher. That's I right. did not name him. <laughs> That's amazing. Thank you for listening, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Bye.